Hello there, welcome to Revelation from the Heart podcast, bringing you timely teaching from the Word of God. I'm your host, Minister Paula Cornett. I would love to stay connected with you online. You can visit my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. From there, you can access my social media links as well as join the mailing list and receive updates right to your inbox. Be sure to like my page on Facebook at Paula Cornett Ministries, follow me on Instagram, or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Revelations from the Heart. I am so excited for what the Lord has in store for you today, and I hope that you will be encouraged by today's message. Well, grab your Bible. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Revelations from the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Minister Paula Cornett. And this is episode number 81. Well, last week I started a new series on the signs that we will see just before Jesus returns. And this week I'm going to just build up on that subject. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you can go back in the archives uh, and listen to last week's episode. Because last week's episode lays the foundation for this episode and those that will follow. So this is just the foundation. Uh, last week's episode is a foundation for all of for this new series. So I am um, just excited about doing this particular series. I've uh, read the book, Signs You Will See Just Before Jesus Returns by Pastor Rick Renner. And after I completed reading it, I knew I was like, I want to tackle this teaching. And I believe it's very important that uh, we hear sound teaching on the end times. Now, I'm happy to announce uh, with you all that Revelations from the Heart now has listeners in two new countries. So those two new countries are Sweden and Azerbaijan. Now, I had never heard and didn't even know where Azerbaijan was, so I took the liberty of looking it up, and um, I found out that it's located on the boundary of Eastern Europe and Western Asia. So Russia is right to the north of um, Azerbaijan and also something very interesting that I found out about this particular country is that they are known for a site called the Burning Mountain and this is just a natural growing fire that's burning on the hillside along the Caspian Sea and this mountain has been burning for the last 65 years. I didn't even know this existed and so once I looked this up I thought it was very interesting And as I was uh, reading it, it just made me think about the fire of the Holy Spirit. And I want to just pose a question to you that is the fire of the Holy Spirit still burning in your heart? You may have been saved for a couple years, a month, a week, two weeks. You may have been saved for years. But is the fire of the Holy Spirit still burning in your heart? If not, then you can ask the Lord to reignite your heart to burn for him. Because we want our hearts to continually burn. We want to stay ablaze. We want to continue to live a life that's blazing for the Holy Spirit. Well, let's jump into this series really, really quick. And let's just first start by doing a quick review. We've been camped out in Matthew 24. And this is where the disciples were on the Mount of Olives with Jesus. And a crowd, there was a crowd that had been there. They had just dispersed and went away. So the disciples wanted to ask Jesus some Uh, like a a specific question, a specific two-part, there's actually a two-part question. And remember last week I said that, you know, just as the disciples, they asked a specific question. You can ask specific questions 
in your prayer time to God. You can ask him specific things and he'll give you specific answers. God doesn't want to withhold anything from us. So we're going to pick up in um, verse 3, Matthew 24 and verse 3. And it said, and it says, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be? This is question number one. And question number two, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And uh, let me just point out again that the meaning of uh, these, there's five important words in these two questions. And I want to point out these five important words and give you the meanings to them again, just to continue to put our mind in perspective of what was happening and what they were saying. The first uh, question that they asked is, uh, when shall these things be? So this, the word when is very important. And when, uh, the word when is a specific, they wanted specific info. They wanted to know exactly. They were being very specific. So just as they were being specific with Jesus, you can be specific as well. Remember that. And the number two question was, what will be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So this word what, which is just like, it means a minute detail. So they wanted to they they wanted to get like very like let us know exactly in detail what's going to happen what's going to be the sign and the word sign is just a marker to alert a traveler when he's on a road. So we have signs that are all around us to help us to get to our destination. I gave the example of how um my uncle uh we went my uncle and some other family members we went to visit a a family member that was um that wasn't doing too well. And so on our visit with them, there was signs along the way to let us know when we were getting closer to our destination. And once we got closer to her house, my uncle said, now I remember how we know that we're almost there is there's a church at the corner of the street that she lives on. So sure enough, we came to the, found the, the, the church, which was our marker. And that let us know that we were almost there. So just like that was a marker to indicate letting us know that we were almost to our destination Jesus gives these signs to his disciples to let them know that when you see these things, not just once or sporadically, but when you see these signs all in, all in, a, you know, all together happening all at once or happening continuously, that's how you know that you're in the season of my return, the season of my coming. So what shall be the sign um, of thy coming and of the end? And the end just means the closure, the wrap up. Now the world as we know, it is never going to end, but this age, and that's what that word world is there. It's, it's not talking about the earth. Um, there's three different Greek words that are used for uh, world, for, for world, and one of them is Ionis, and that's the one that's used here, and that indicates this age, all right? So this age is going to come to an end, and another age is going to start. So it's not referring to the Greek word cosmos, which talks about the universe, or the Greek word Gaius, which talks about the earth, but it's talking about the age, okay? So that's what they're asking them. So it's asking him. So Jesus not only gives them one, but he actually gives them 22 signs to look for now before his return. And these signs are in Matthew uh, 24, 4 through 14, also in Mark 13, 5 through 13, in Luke 21, 8 through 19. They're contained there as well. So no one knows the day. The Bible says in Matthew 24 and 36 that no one knows the day 
or the hour. Nobody knows the day or the hour. Hold on, no, I think that's Matthew 24. That didn't sound right. Did I say 36, 24, 36? Yes, that's right. I want to make sure I was making the right reference. Matthew 24, 36. That no one knows the day or the hour. Uh, No man knows. But not, not even the angels in heaven, but my Father only. So only God the Father knows when the return of Jesus will be. So when someone alleges that Jesus is alive, they don't know. Nobody knows. You think you're going to know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows but the Father. So he knows the day that he's coming. But Jesus gave us signs that would indicate to us when we are close. So if we will pay attention to the signs, they will tell us when we are close to his appearing, to his coming. These signs, they're not going to be sporadic, like I said, but rather these signs will be one right after another. So we have the signs and we also have the helper, our guide, the Holy Spirit. And, um, in John 16 and 13, I want to read that really quick, what it says. John 16 and 13, it says that how be it when he, talking about the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So that's the promise that we have from the Holy Spirit. That he's going to be our guide. He's going to be our helper. And he's going to show us things to come. The Holy Spirit wants us to know what's coming so that we can be prepared. And so that we can thrive even in the midst of a difficult situation. We can thrive in any situation. We don't need to fear. We do not live and we do not operate by the spirit of fear. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 and 7 that God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power of love and of a sound mind. So God, fear did not come from the Lord. Fear is from the devil. So I say, well, how do I stay out of fear? Well, one thing, you got to stop watching the news. That's a good place to start. got to stop watching the news and, and read the word of God more. That should be your daily news. Now you can watch it every now and then for information, you know, as the Holy Spirit leads. But as far as watching it every day, it's just not good because it incites, can incite fear uh in in your in your life so remember a great resource that you can get is a book by pastor rick renner entitled signs you will see just before jesus comes i believe you can get it on renner.org you can also get it on uh amazon it's available there as well this is the book that i use for this teaching it's an excellent excellent secondary resource in conjunction with the scripture so he breaks everything down it makes it very 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 uh, easy to understand. All right. So now we're in Matthew 24. So the disciples, they asked Jesus this, 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 this two part question and, uh, they want to know what's, what's, what's up, Jesus? What's, what's, how are we going to know the sign? What, what's going to be, you know, of, of your coming? How are we going to know that it's the end of this age? And so Jesus in verse four, uh, lets them know what is the first sign. Now, a lot of times when people talk about the signs that we'll see, they don't, they don't ever, I, I have never heard anyone mention this one. This, this very first one, they kind of overlook that. I've heard of the wars and the rumors of war and the pestilence and, and uh, nation against nation and all that kind of stuff like that. But I never heard this one. And actually in verse four, and Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed. This is a very, very, very strong 
Greek word blepo, which means to watch, to pay attention. And when Jesus is saying this, he's like, pay attention, listen to what I'm saying. He's trying to jar him or jolt the listeners. It has a very strong tense because it's very important to listen to this. So it's almost as if, like, if I could picture, like, Jesus is saying, okay, you want to know the signs? I'm going to give you the very first one. I'm going to give you the very dominant one. And I want you to listen to what I'm saying, okay? And I'm sure he had that authority in his voice, like, pay attention, everybody. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Take heed that no man deceive you. This is the first, and this is the predominant um, sign, is deception the first thing that we will see is worldwide deception now i'm going to read from because i as i was reading through this pastor renner put it better than i could convey and so i'm going to read this for you from the book it's on page 39 all right and it says jesus warns warned believers that they must take heed to guard against the deception that would characterize the end of the period. The words take heed were intended to jar and jolt listeners to get their attention. As Jesus spoke the words take heed, there is no doubt that the disciples perked up and really listened to what he was telling them. When he had their full attention, Jesus warned them that as the present age comes to a close, an end times deception would attempt to infiltrate every part of society across the world. The word deceived used in Matthew 24 and 4 is translated from the Greek word that means to wander off course. It could depict an individual who has wandered off course or it could even describe a whole nation and even vast numbers of nations that have veered off course from a moral position they had once held to be true. It suggests a moral wandering or a worldwide scale at the close of on a worldwide scale at the close of this period. Let me try to help you more fully comprehend how this word deceive would have been used in Jesus' time. In the Greek, this word depicts the behavior of someone who once walked on a solid path, but who is now drifting and teetering on the edge of, the treacherous, of a treacherous route. This person has either already departed from his once solid path and has lost his bearings as a result, or he is in the process of departing from it. The word deceive means he is going cross-grained against all that was once a part of his core belief system. Sadly, he is now deviating from his former solid moral position to a course that is unreliable, unpredictable, and even dangerous. This word deceive tells us that there will be a mass divergence from time-tested biblical standards. By using this word in Matthew 24 and 4, Jesus was foretelling, this, foretelling that a moment was coming. When society will move away from the long affirmed laws of scripture. Although he specified many signs to indicate the conclusion of the age, Christ declared that this mass divergence from truth and worldwide moral wandering would be the first, foremost, and primary sign to alert us that the end was near. That is precisely why he named it first in his list of signs that would authenticate we have entered the wrap-up of the age. The words of Matthew 24 and 4 are intended to let us know that those who live in the very end of the age will see moral confusion in society as deception attempts to engulf humanity with misinformation about what is normally right and wrong. I think you can see that Matthew 24 and 4 aptly describes what Christians are witnessing in contemporary history. It is simply a fact 
that we are watching moral confusion rage among the civilized nations of the world as never before in our lifetimes. This confusion is perhaps no clearer anywhere than in the debate over gender identity, a manifestation of confusion so severe that it stuns most thinking minds. The culture most of us knew as we were growing up was established in Judeo-Christian values. But now as the winds of change are blowing, we are watching as the world is rapidly departing from time-tested beliefs and traditions that are based on these biblical values. As a result of their near abandonment of truth and throwing away of moral foundations, confusion abounds and society is teetering on a treacherous path. Just as Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24 and 4, the spirit of this world is working ferociously, furiously, excuse me, to eliminate all remnants of a godly foundation from society and to replace it with the last day's deception that will ultimately usher in a time when the Antichrist rules a lost world for a temporary period of time. I know you probably thought I was going to read the whole book, but I had to read that portion of it because it was just so put so well. So Jesus wants him to know the importance of not being deceived. And that the deception is a worldwide deception that will be in society. And sadly, the deception will creep into the church. The Bible says in verse 5, it says, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. So these are not like, you know, like you would think these people, you'd be able to spot them out. Like these false prophets or, you know, those that are that are that are just uh, kind of guru type people and stuff like that. But in all honesty, they will come, it says, in the name of Jesus. So they will be and they are right among us claiming to be anointed. So they come in his name claiming to be anointed. They say they have <clears throat> a new revelation, a new anointing, a progressive thinking a new way of thinking, and they will deceive many. So that's why you must prayerfully read the word of God for yourself every single day so that you won't be deceived. Because if you know the truth, you won't believe a lie. I've been in services sometimes and not necessarily saying these are false prophets, so to speak, but where the teaching of the word has not been theologically correct and it hasn't it just hadn't been correct it's 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 it stirs people and gets people to shouting but I'm like that's not what that's saying you know that's not what that text is saying and so because I read the word and I know the word I I, I know that you know no that's not what it says that's not what it says that's not how it said it um that's just not what it says so you got to read the word and I say prayerfully because as you read the word you got to have the power and presence of the Holy Spirit there with you to reveal the truth to you. All right. And so, like I said, if you know the truth, you will not believe a lie. So you got to read the word. Now, the Bible says in 2 Timothy, I'm reminded of how Paul gives Timothy uh, 25 characteristics that make up a last day society. I did a teaching on this a little while back about the last day society. You can go back and listen to that in the archives. It's a pretty lengthy series, several parts to it but it's very 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 good and so as he gives him all these characteristics that make up the last day society lovers of themselves lovers of money unthankful unholy bolsters proud you know all these 
characteristics. Like you look at this list and you're like, okay, so when all these people are around me doing all this crazy stuff, what am I supposed to do? Okay, what what what, what am I, how, how am I supposed to conduct myself? What am I supposed to, how am I supposed to survive around all these people? And so in 2 Timothy, um, let me go there. I didn't mark it, but I'm going to go there so you can hear these pages flipping, which you don't hear too much, but I still love to hear the pages flipping in the Bible. So 2 Timothy 3, uh, 14 and 15, he says to him, he says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So Paul just straight up, straight up tells him, when you find yourself in this moment of time, when you come to the end of the end of the last days, the end of the last days. Because remember, the last days was initiated at Pentecost. So for the last 2,000 years, we've been in the last days, the age of the last days. But right here, he's talking about the end of the last days when nothing else is left. This is it. All right. And you see all this around you. You're surrounded by crazies and craziness. And you see all these characteristics that make up the people in the end times, the last days. What are you supposed to do? How am I supposed to, um, you know, how am I supposed to conduct myself? And he tells him, continue in what you have learned and been assured of no matter what society is doing or how it is changing you continue to contend for truth continue to contend for the faith continue to stand for righteousness when you make that decision to stand for righteousness a lot of times that means you will have to stand alone you will have to be willing to face ridicule you will be have to be willing to face people not wanting to be your friend you're going to have to you'll be willing to have to face some difficult things because you're going against the grain of society and uh you got to stand for the truth and the only truth the only absolute truth the only historical truth that there is is in the word of god the Bible is still the word of truth. It is a prophetic book of the end times. As you read through this scripture, it is so amazing that it was uh, 2,000 years ago and the Holy Spirit predicted the time to a T that we are in right now, that we are seeing in our society, the people that are making it up. And I don't know about you, but as a Christian, my heart longs for heaven more and more and more. And it talks about that as we get closer to the end, that we will have a yearning to want to be uh, raptured with Jesus, to want to be taken up out of here because it's just getting too wicked. It's just getting too vile. It's just getting too bad. So there is a great deception going on in the world. And the church is going on in the church right now as we speak. Paul talks about it in 1 Timothy 4 and 1. He mentions it. He says, now the spirit speaketh expressly. Then in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So we see that people are departing from the faith. People are uh, not um, holding true to what they believe, uh, used to believe and what they used to uh, know to be truth. They're going against 
uh, the word of God. Paul talks about also in First Thessalonians that, that, that Christ's return won't happen until there be a great falling away. A great falling away. That word is apostasia, which means there'll be like an apostasy or an, a mutiny against the things of God. Against the word of God. When we used to live in a society that was founded upon the truths and principles that are in the word of God. Well, now society is getting away from that. We don't need that anymore. We don't want that anymore because what it is doing, it is they're making way for the Antichrist. He has to come in a lawless society. And you can't have a godly society and a law. You got to get rid of the God, God society so that the lawless society, so that it can be ready for him to make it on the scene. And that's why I do this podcast is to bring you timely teaching from the word of God. If you have a clear understanding of scripture, deception is here, but heed the words Jesus gave his disciples. He's saying to you today, as we find ourselves in that, as we find ourselves in the end of the age, let no man deceive you. Jesus is coming soon. Stay alert. Occupy until he comes. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. That is truth. We thank you for the promises of your word. We thank you for the preparation that is in your word. We thank you for the things that are to come that you have shown us in your word. Help us to be students of your word. Father, I pray for those that are listening, that they're not just listening to just another podcast full of ideologies and my thoughts, but Father God, that they are listening to the very voice of Almighty God speaking through my voice, that whatever state of life that they're in, that you cause us to pause and to think of eternity. That you cause us to think about the wrap-up of this age. And that as time is ticking away, while we don't live in fear, but we do live in expectancy of your coming. I thank you that you strengthen each and every person and that the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit will meet them right where they are right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you and I praise you for touching the hearts and the lives of everyone that is under the sound of my voice. And today, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I encourage you, just as Jesus said to his disciples, that you hear me. Tomorrow is not promised to no one. We none know the hour of the day when our time is up. But you want to make sure that when that day does come, that you know with full confidence and assurance that if you laid down tonight and didn't wake up in the morning, that you would be with Jesus. That's the place that you want to be. So if you have not given your life to him, you need to do so today. And you can do it right now. You just say this simple prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you right now, realizing I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And at the, from this day forth, I commit my life to you. Help me to serve you and to walk in your ways. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
I want to encourage you before next week that you go over these scriptures in your private time. That's in Matthew 24, 4 through 14, in Mark 13, 5 through 13, and in Luke 21, 8 through 19. These are all where the signs that Jesus gives the disciples before he returns in these in Matthew, Mark, and in Luke. All right. So we're going to tackle the rest of these next week. I don't want to put too much on you at once. But next week when um, I come back, we're probably going to tackle. We're going to review just a little bit. And then we're going to. That's why it's important for you to listen to the previous podcast. Because I'll only review just a little bit before I introduce the new information. So chew on this for a couple days. Look at these, these scriptures in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And remember the words in Romans 10 and 17. That faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to share this episode with someone in your life. Also, share on your social media outlets. And I would love for you to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to my new YouTube channel. You can find the links to all my pages by visiting my website at www.paulacornette.weebly.com. God bless you and hope that you will take time to listen again soon.